Well, we are in uh, the second week of our Stories from the Seats series, and uh, this series is, is, as we've often said, is one of the favorite series every year that we come back to, and part of the reason why, I think, is because we get to hear a good story. Um, Stories are a part of the Bible, um, all through the Bible. We will read story after story of a person whose life has been impacted and changed because of God's work in it. Uh, You don't have to read very far, any direction in the Bible, no matter where you're open to find that. So what we're doing on these Sunday mornings is a very biblical thing. Um, And also it's a very powerful thing because uh, we believe that as we share our stories, as we hear stories shared, um, we connect somehow to the big story that God is telling, God's story, because we're all a part of that story. I want to invite Jesse to come on up. Jesse Skolton is going to be sharing his story this morning, and uh, we've had an ongoing argument about whether he's got a story to share or not, and I believe he does. Um, And I love hearing his story, part of it because our stories overlap a little bit. We both kind of grew up in the same corner of the state, so there's some things we understand about what it means to be a Dutchman. And uh, and also, uh, Jesse is uh, is married into our staff here. His wife, Rendy, is a part of our ministry here, and Jesse has been a part of it as well in many ways as a volunteer, so you've probably seen him around a bit. So, Jesse, I'm so glad you're willing to share your story this morning. Thank you. Thanks, Doug. I think I have a newfound respect for people that stand up here. Uh, Before I begin, we'll start with this. Yeah, handsome young devil there. Proverbs 8, verse 22. God sovereignly made me the first, the basic, before he did anything else, the message. I was born into a family of faith on March 16th, 1981, to Daryl and Sandy Skolton. I was the second of four children, and well, the only boy. So I asked my mom to send me a good family pic that represented our family in my childhood, and well, she sent this. Yeah, it's okay to laugh. Thanks, Mom. As a young child, we didn't have much, but I didn't know any better. My dad and mom were figuring life out and working to support our family. I recall distinctly moving a few times as a young child from a double-wide trailer to our first home next to the elementary school and finally to the farm where my mom originally grew up. My younger years were filled with love, understanding what hard work was, and church three to four times a week was a staple. This church three to four times a week was not something I always looked forward to. Especially as a young child into my teen years, I can remember plenty of times being in the car with my dad yelling for my sister Kara and I to behave. You know, with those idle threats of don't make me pull this car over. Only to arrive at church with happy smiles on our faces with fear that we could both be in trouble when we got home that morning. My dad worked many jobs to support our family. One of the most memorable for me was when he drove truck. There were often times when I'd get a tag along for these trips and enjoy time with my dad. Other memories include leaving the house as a young boy in my footy pajamas, with my fishing pole while mom was at church and dad was sleeping in the chair after arriving home late from the road, only to be found downtown by family friends who brought me home, to playing on the playground at the elementary school next to our house and falling from the top of the slide 
and my friend running to the house to tell my parents that Jesse was dead. <laughs> my parents wanted one thing for me and my three sisters to understand as we grew up. Jesus loves us, and we needed to seek to know him. Within my hometown of Rock Valley, Iowa, there was a public school and a private school. Based on what my parents wanted for us, we ended up going to the private Christian elementary school. School at this age was exciting, and since our town was so small, everyone was a friend. I often had many boys out to the farm to play. As I grew, it became apparent that I would have to separate from all that I knew and join a new school with kids I didn't really know. The Christian elementary school I attended was K through 8, and the high school was in a completely different town. Instead of staying through the 8th grade, I moved from the comfort of my friends to start 7th grade at the junior-senior high school in Rock Valley. It, also became, it, it, all, it was also at this point that our farm truly became a farm. That whole hard-working thing I mentioned became a reality very early on in life, as I had morning and evening chores to attend to with three buildings all filled with pigs. There, was, there were plenty of really early mornings and some late, late nights, only to repeat that practice the very next day. I was reminded often that money did not grow on trees, and to earn that dollar meant to put in a hard day's work. Thanks, Dad. Being instilled with this as a young child provided some guidance for me, as I would navigate the changes that would come as I grew into an adult. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Moving into high school was indeed a transition point. A new school, new teachers, new friends, and new temptations all were to face me in the course of my junior high and high school years. However, the steady hand of my dad and the encouragement from my mom helped me know that Jesus was with me. Unfortunately for me, there were some kids I knew just because they went to the same church as I did. I quickly got involved in football, which allowed me to make fast friends in this new environment. I also continued to work on the farm and learned to operate every piece of machinery at a very young age. Looking back, it seems really crazy to look at my own son and think he'd be entrusted to drive a tractor with a manure spreader all by himself at the age of 9 or 10. In football, I realized very quickly I was not going to be the next Joe Montana or Jerry Rice, but enjoyed the time with my friends and happened to find a new passion in racing go-karts almost every weekend in the summer. Those were the weekends I looked forward to spending with my dad. My dad ended up starting his own construction company, and our family seemed to have more opportunity to do life outside of the town together. I remember fondly all the vacations that we took annually as a family, skiing in Colorado, summer vacations in Okoboji. I look back and realize that I had more opportunity than most of my friends because my parents invested in family time and creating memories. This is something that has carried forward in my own life as I quickly realized as a teenager that making memories was truly what mattered most. Having faith in a public school was a bit more challenging than having faith in a Christian school. I remember vividly that some of my classmates would make fun of other kids for wearing anything of faith into the school, even though we're talking about one of the most religious parts of the state of Iowa. I was, mo I was never bold enough to say anything, but recognized that the Lord was near, and not everything in this world lived to glorify Him. Still, I lived my faith and found a new way to connect with other kids of faith through weekend retreats at various churches in northwest Iowa called Teens Encounter Christ or Tech. Tech allowed me to grow in ways that I was not able to in church and gave me an avenue to meet other kids from other schools. After I went through the first time, I was able to go back and be a leader to kids attending for their first time. It was during my high school years that I also made profession of faith in front of the church. I do not recall any significant moment in relation to this, as I always just knew Jesus 
was with me, guiding me, and even when I felt alone, I knew who I could call on. Don't get me wrong, temptations were always just around the corner. Parties in cornfields, beer, smoking, you name it. There was definitely opportunity. I, however, had a close-knit group of friends, and those temptations seemed small because we found other ways to occupy our time. Philippians 4, verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Moving away from high school and across the state to start college at UNI was a big step in my life. I am fairly introverted, and this was a bit daunting. I also attempted to maintain a long-distance relationship with my high school girlfriend back home that greatly impacted my first semester at UNI. I spent more time traveling four and a half hours home versus enjoying being a freshman in college. The Lord had different plans, and this relationship ended, which enabled me to connect to Orchard, Orchard Hill Church through the basic ministry. The college ministry leaders became and still are lifelong mentors in my life, and through weekly attendance at basic and regular attendance at Orchard, I was able to take the seeds the Lord had planted in me through tech to help me make connections with other people that I would still consider friends today. College ministry was a place I felt I belonged, and it helped me grow spiritually and understand what Jesus was up to in my life. One of those areas was spring break mission trips. Every year of my four years during my time at UNI, I spent one week in March in a van serving alongside other college students and leaders. It was an amazing experience and one I can look back on and know it was the Lord guiding my steps. One trip was to Mountaintop in Tennessee, known as the Tennessee Outreach Project. After arriving home, I felt compelled to go back and serve Mountaintop for an entire summer between my sophomore and junior years. I got placed on as a construction coordinator right up my alley after spending many summers in high school working on my dad's construction crews. I ended up serving those in the rural mountain area of Tennessee who qualified for habitat builds, making sure the groups coming each week had the supplies they needed to complete their part of the project. While this period of my life had a lot of growth in my relationship with Christ, finding a relationship with a woman that shared my same interest generated continual anxiety and worry that I would never find someone I could take home and introduce to mom and dad. This consumed way more space in my heart than necessary, and it would not be until I was out of college that I realized I needed to release control and give this worry and anxiety to God. The college years were some good years with a lot of personal growth and a deepening of my relationship with Christ due to some well-placed relationships and a place I could connect and feel the love of Christ in my life through Orchard Hill Church and the basic ministry. 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. So be content with who you are, and don't put on airs. God's strong hand is on you. He'll promote you at the right time. Live carefree before God. He is most careful with you. As much as college was a good place for growth, I, like many college graduates, was not 100% prepared for the next step in my life. I double majored in political science and public administration with no real idea on what I wanted to do when I grew up. So if you have ideas, come see me afterwards. <laughs> I thought law school was the next logical step, but I realized I didn't want to spend another two to four years in classes. As I neared the end of my senior year, I focused on law enforcement and was determined to being a state trooper. I quickly realized I was not physically able to complete the requirements of this application process. I failed two applications at the push-up and set-up test. I was determined not to have to move home 
after college and started scouring job boards for other ways into some level of law enforcement while I worked on my ability to pass these tests. This led me to apply for a job in Chicago as a private investigator. After one interview, I was hired to start one week after I graduated. Moving further away from family and what I grew to love in college was difficult. But I knew that this was the next step, and I trusted the door the Lord had opened for me. Now, being a private investigator is not as glamorous as it sounds, and it's certainly nothing like TV shows such as Cheaters make it out to be. <laughs> Training was short, and I was out on my own, in a van, spying on people who were cheating the insurance system and claiming injury fraudulently. This involved many 60- to 80-hour weeks, and I traveled to almost every state in the U.S., taking on cases, locating the subject, hiding out in a van, following their every move, and recording activity at every turn. Sounds fascinating, doesn't it? Unfortunately, this lifestyle left little room for exploring a new city and enjoying life. I was fortunate to make a new church home at Willow Creek. It reminded me of Orchard when I was able to attend. Eventually, the job became taxing, and I requested from my employer, since I traveled 99% of the time, if they'd allow me to relocate back to Cedar Falls, Waterloo. To my surprise, they agreed. So after one year in Chicago, I found myself moving back home. This only solved one part of the issue. I was now back in a more familiar environment and closer to the church family that I called home, but I still worked a job that did not allow for any life outside of the job itself. After six months of going through the motions without any job lined up, I simply resigned from my position. Not the best decision I've ever made, and began a new job search. This was more difficult than I thought as I put in applications to everything under the sun. Five months into this journey, and I finally landed a job as a collections agent. If I thought being a private investigator was taxing, <laughs> imagine an extreme introvert cold-calling people and asking them for money. Moving away from college years and being heavily invested in my first job disconnected me from my faith and pushed me into a period of loneliness. This period reopened the longing to find the one. After failed relationship and failed relationship, I began wrestling with it if being married was part of God's plan for me. I was, however, able to reconnect at Orchard, but quickly realized I was no longer a college student, so I needed to find a new way to feel closer to God. Hebrews 11, verse 1. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. I was living with an old college roommate who had landed a job at John Deere. I knew that I didn't have the educational background to work in manufacturing or engineering, but something made me check the John Deere job board anyway. This ended up in a job interview with John Deere Health in Waterloo. I knew that collections wasn't my gig, but maybe handling calls where people needed my help was more up my alley. Prayers were answered as I started life new again in May of 2005, and I landed the job with John Deere Health. This job has led me to where I'm at today, 14 years and counting. Landing this job allowed me to make Cedar Falls my home, and I bought my first house just off the College Hill on Olive Street. Feeling the presence of the Lord through these big decisions made me feel as if I was following the path he had prepared for me. My faith and longing to be true to who the Lord designed me to be returned, and I let go of the longing to find a relationship, entrusting that in his time that would happen, if it was meant to happen, and if it was not, I was simply okay with it.
What an amazing feeling that was to just let go. Life returned to something that had been missing since I graduated college, and I was encouraged with reconnecting at Orchard through driving the college van, helping formulate small groups, and leading one of my own with a group of guys who were in the same stage of life that I was. A joy had returned, and I felt re-energized with renewed focus on enjoying the journey. The Lord indeed had a great sense of humor, and the minute I completely let go and trusted him was the moment he surprised me with an unexpected relationship. My job introduced me to a woman who would eventually become my wife, and my journey was about to take a sharp left turn. Philippians 4, verse 13, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. March 15, 2008, I married the love of my life, Randy. I not only became a husband, but I also became an instant parent to her two kids, Avery and Parker. Yes, we became that messy, blended family. The journey of life in the last decade has been filled with high highs and some low lows, but through it all, I can see the work of Christ in and through my life and through my wife and kids. Becoming an instant parent certainly came with its bumps in the road, and I now know that I was not fully prepared for all the things that I would experience. There have been many times where I've had to step back and realize that even though I considered Avery and Parker my own, they had a father, and I needed to learn how to navigate a bit differently. There was plenty of fun and laughter, but also on the other side, hurt and sadness. Now I see that my view on reality was clouded. I thought at the time I would be able to enter into their lives and they would simply love this new guy in their mother's life, have loads of respect, listen to my every word, and our lives together would be very easy. The Lord, however, had prepared me to understand that the gift that I was given and to be able to influence the lives of two kids that I otherwise would not have known if I had never met their mom is indeed priceless, and I would not change it for the world. Our family of four grew to a family of five within a year as we welcomed Regan J. Skolton into this world. To see God is to see a newly born baby and hold them in your arms for the very first time. The scary excitement is only is one only a parent can feel when they bring a baby home. There is no manual on being a parent, just like there is no manual on being a step-parent. We all make mistakes. But despite my flaws, the Lord had entrusted in me the care of not one, not two, but three kids at that time. Understanding the Lord's promise to bless us beyond measure also hit a low when we went from a two-income family to a one-income family two years into our marriage. I can confidently look back at the path the Lord took us through and understand that the valley was for the better. When you go through difficult periods in your life, you always wonder what is on the other side. And if we could only see the future, it would be better. But this is where that trust, faith, and hope in God has to be resilient. That resiliency allowed allowed our three kids to begin their early life with mom at home, and I began working from home at the same time. As I look back, I would not have changed anything. I reminded each day how good and faithful our Lord is, and his blessings are truly great. A year later, I found the marathon ministry here at Orchard, Iowans for Africa, and found a passion for running that I never knew I had. Randy signed us both up to run a marathon together for the first time that year, only to realize it's not a good idea to run a marathon one week after your due date. Yes, child number four was on the way. Running has since become a staple in my life, as it made me realize a potential I never thought I had. 
As it says in Philippians 4, verse 13, through Christ, anything is possible. This is not only applied to running itself, but through all aspects of my life, my marriage, my work, raising kids, you name it. I know that through Christ, who gives me strength, anything is possible. October 9th, 2010, we welcome big blue-eyed baby girl, Taylin Emery Sultan, into this world. And our family was complete at six. Being a parent and a step-parent required me to lean into God for direction often. There were times I needed to look past my own selfish desires and sacrifice for the greater need of my family. Even in times of doubt and feeling lack of being up to the task, I knew it was what the Lord was calling me to do and be an example to those around me who love me the most, even when I may have been at my worst. While the marathon ministry through Orchard faded, my passion for running kept me training year after year. Marathons were my thing. In October of 2015, for the first time in six years, I hung up my Iowans for Africa running jersey and traded it in for Team Kara Jean. Exactly one month earlier, my sister Kara, at the age of 33, was diagnosed with breast cancer and began the fight of her life. I often struggled during this time with how I could best support my sister and her family and realized I failed in truly being there for her when she needed it the most. <clears throat> Through many prayers, doctors, and treatments, she did what she does best and persevered and just recently celebrated three years cancer-free. Philippians 4, verse 13, took on a whole new meaning, and I began running as I still do to this day for Team Caragene. As my journey through this life continues, one of the things I wanted to take from my childhood, and I've tried to instill in my own family to this day, is the joy for adventure and making lifelong memories that last. This has brought our family to take many long adventures from Boston, running the Boston Marathon, to New York City and being on the Today Show, to DC, to the mountains of Colorado, to ski and hike. The joy of enjoying life together is what I know the Lord has called me to do as a father and a husband. So what's next? That's a really hard question to answer, but I do believe the Lord has us all on a journey. You may be sitting here today thinking, I do not have a story. Well, I was once you. Through the journey class, I realized that even though we may think our stories are insignificant or we individually do not have any aha moments that reflect the Lord's hand on us, we all have a story and the Lord works through even the smallest moments to show his love and promise to us all. All we have to do is put all of our faith and trust in him. The Lord has truly brought full circle, brought me full circle, and I've found a new passion, as Doug mentioned in introducing me, thanks to Orchard and a supportive wife and kids by serving, and can be occasionally found in the atrium, checking in your kids, or back in the production booth, making sure you have a space on Sunday morning to connect with Christ. Thank you. We'll say prayer for, for Jesse and for us. Let's pray. Father God, um, thank you for Jesse's story. Uh, thank you for your footprints throughout it. Thank you that as he has shared his story with us this morning in his own way, he has introduced us to you. 
a loving, compassionate God uh, who pursues us, who chases after us and fights for us, um, who provides encounter after encounter after encounter, and who welcomes us into his family. Thank you for the people who have been an encouragement and a support to him throughout his life. People who are close to him now. Uh, we pray for his sister and her continued health. Uh, we pray for his family, for his stepkids, for his children, for Randy, for his extended family. Uh, we pray, God, that uh, you would continue to write uh, a story filled with life and light in Jesse's life. And God, may we be encouraged to look at our own lives and the story that you are writing and be able to see you at work. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.